You are listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. Our goal is to help you follow what Jesus taught in Matthew 6:33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, here's our host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Prophet Tina from Jericho Way Ministries International in Mesa, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Prophet Tina is the author of two books, If You Fight, You Will Win, and The Rubicon. Prophet Tina and her husband, Jonathan, are directors of the School of Prophets for Love Fest with Dr. Miles. Thank you so much, Prophet Tina, for being on Faith City Outreach to share how God is highlighting your deliverance ministry. And um, this is with your husband, Jonathan Clam. Yes. Praise God. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, Marina. Thank you. My pleasure, too. Prophet Tina, please share your salvation story with our listeners. I know you have so many videos in your in your website about yes. prophecy, and mm-hmm. you have the School uh, of Prophets, many, many educational videos on biblical, um, biblical topics. But mm-hmm. I want to know your salvation story. Okay. Wow, wow. That's so interesting because... Next year, it will have been 50 years since I've been saved. So, <laughs> praise God. Celebration. It's a celebration. Jubilee, right? Jubilee, yes. praise God. And I thank God for every minute of it. It's been a roller coaster ride, let me tell you. But I, I just want to share with you how the Lord saved me. And it's a very interesting story. It could be sad. You can think of it as being sad. Uh, however, um, you know, what God brought me out of. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. is joy and it's all joy. It's all good, you know, and all things work together mm-hmm. for good mm-hmm. to those who are called according to his purpose. But I was a young married, okay, very young, okay, got married. And uh, to make a long story short, my husband and I were having a whole lot of issues, okay, just a whole lot of issues. And I didn't have a clue because I was young and naive. I didn't have a clue to what he was in and what he was involved in. And I found out that he was in a, a club uh, and these guys, all these guys, not only did they have wives, but the part to be in the club, you had to have a mistress too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And so when I found that out, then I found it out from one of the guys that was in the club uh, with him, his wife, we became very good friends and she was saved. Okay. And she was thoroughly saved. And I was miserable at the time, you know, just miserable because my husband and I, we were fighting all the time and, Mm. you know, the house was just in turmoil, you know, all the time. And so, um, but when I looked at this woman that was saved, okay, her husband was doing the same thing my husband was doing. Okay. They were in the same club. All right. But she was always so peaceful. She had an internal smile on her face all the time. And I would look at her and I say, whatever that is you have, I Mm. need it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need it, you know? And so she began to talk to me about Jesus and I refused it for two years. Okay. I refused to hear what she had to say because she took me to this holy roller church and they were swinging from the rafters when New Year's (laughs) Eve. Okay. And I was brought up Baptist. I had never seen anything like it. I said, these folks in here are crazy. I was polite and I stayed the whole service. But I didn't talk to her for two years. Okay. And then finally, 
um, after two years, it got really worse in my, my relationship with my husband. And so I sought her out, you know, and I was finally ready to get whatever it was that she had. And she led me to the Lord. Okay. And um, I went to church for a couple of months before I actually, you know, gave my heart over to the Lord. But the night that I gave my heart to the Lord, um, he visited me. I read a book called Receiving the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit all by myself, saved, believed in Jesus, received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And while my husband was out partying, I was on the floor in the living room all night long praying in tongues. <laughs> and I told the Lord, you know, if you send my husband back to me, if you send him back, then I, I'll know it's you. I'll know you're God. I know you're God and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And from that point on, when my husband came home, okay, and he walked through the door, okay, and that he walked through the door, I had prayed like within, and within 10 minutes, he was in the house. And I said, okay, God, I got this. I know you're God. I accepted him in my heart, received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I haven't looked back since, mm -hmm. have not looked back since. So I don't know if anybody else has a story like that, but you asked mm -hmm. me for my story. You know, and so that is my story. It was because of issues and problems, you know, that I was having in my marriage and uh, as to the reason why I sought the Lord and I sought him. He found me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't find him. He found me. <laughs> he reached down and he touched my heart. And I mean, when I told the Lord that I would serve him for the rest of my life, that's what I meant. It's been 50 years and there's never been an, an, a, an ounce of a turning back, looking back you know, no. Okay. And eventually, because I was so into the Lord, I lost that husband. <laughs> okay. He didn't die anything like that at that time, but he, you know, just couldn't deal with a holy rolling Christian woman. Okay. But God kept blessing me and blessing me and blessing me. Um, ministry opportunities. I went to school, I got a degree, you know, in religion from an Ivy League school. I uh, eventually was ordained um, and then ordained as a prophet. And so here I am today. And so it's just so interesting what God uses you uses mm -hmm. to bring you to him, you know, and that that's my story, you know, and I just thank God for my life. It's been 50 years to 49 years this year. Okay. 49 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Next year you have to celebrate for sure. I have to 50, celebrate, you know, 50, 50 years. years. Yes. And I'm going to tell you that 50 years, every, I've done every ministry, every ministry that you could possibly think of in the body of Christ that you could do. I did. And the reason why I started in ministry is because I had a little rambunctious two or three year old. Okay. And putting him in Sunday school at church, that Sunday school teacher mm -hmm. said, look, if you want him to be educated in Jesus, you're going to have to teach this class. <laughs> She's probably oh, like his Sunday school, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't turned back, I haven't never looked back. So I just praise God that I'm able to be here with you tonight, you know, being able to share that testimony and to share that story. You know, praise God. Praise God. Thank somebody. you. And and did you you did end up teaching Sunday school, right? Oh yeah. yeah For how long Sunday did you school. do it? I did it. Wow. I, I went from Sunday school with the because I had the the pre, you know, the two, three, and four years old. That's who I started out with. Mm -hmm. And then moved up to teaching the teenage girls and did, you know, work with them. 
right. and ended up, did I ever teach adults? I don't think I ever had an adult class. So I mostly dealt with the kids. Okay. And it was the little kids. And then it was the girls, like, you know, Girl Scout age, you know, 10 to 17, mm-hmm. you know, and did that for a very long time as well in my, and it was all within five years. So after that, I decided I left and I went to college to get my degree. And so I left that church. And that's when all of that, that, you know, that particular training uh, was gone (laughs) (laughs) because I went on and moved to another place. So, um, you know, very interesting. I don't think I dealt with kids too much other than, yeah, for a few years, I I worked with teenage girls as well, Uh, in addition to adults later on. But that's my my kid, you know, my kids, you know, my experience with kids. And I, I, you know, if you can teach if you can teach two, three, and four-year-olds about Jesus, you know what I'm no, saying? Yes, I do know what you're saying. I was in the middle of my the goodness. The kids you need me, patience. Oh, who is God? I said, God this and God that. <laughs> I was saying, God this and God that. And the little three-year-old pulled the four-year-old, pulled my, you know, my my jacket on my my, my jacket tail. He said, you know, he says, Sister Tina, who is God? <laughs> And I had to change my whole way of teaching the way I taught it and everything. So we did more demonstrations of the word, Mm -hmm. you know, like I had someone come in, you know, when Lazarus, Jesus called Lazarus out of the, you know, out of the tomb, I had my son dress up in a sheet, you know, wrapped him around in sheet. And so when I said, Lazarus, come forth, he comes hopping into the room. I started teaching like that instead of using words all the time, you know, mm-hmm. you have to adjust your teaching to the age range. Yes. You, you have know? to be creative. <laughs> Absolutely. So you a, know lot that, a lot of visuals, a lot of visuals, a lot of visuals. Yeah. We work with the visuals. So praise God, a joy yes. in my life. So I've, I've been a pastor, evangelist, missionary, you know, um, it, it, just amazing, you know? So, all the things that God has had, had me do over the 50 years. So even a missionary to Haiti, um, missionary uh, in, in our city, in our town, um, pastored uh, a, at a senior citizen's assisted living uh, place. These are early on in my, in my salvation. These are the things that I did. So praise God. I know that you and your husband, Jonathan Odoms Clem, founded Jericho Way Ministries International, and you are yes. both called to preach the gospel. and heal the sick, cleanse the Mm -hmm. lepers, cast out demons, and raise Mm -hmm. the dead. On your website, it says, at Jericho, Joshua heard the strategy from the angel, and it followed, and he followed it completely, and God provided a great victory. But strategies and timing come from God. We must seek the Lord, and he he will guide us to victory. You also Amen. quoted the scripture, Joshua 1, 9, to be strong and of good courage, which I know you would have to be in order to have a deliverance ministry or to be in ministry, period. And you would also have to have a great team of um, intercessors. Intercessors, yes. Yes, God has put all that around me. Praise God. Please share about the importance of seeking God to reveal his strategies and timing so that he can lead us into victory. Well, always having a prophetic leaning in in my life and Lord led me to the prophetic early on, like 50 years ago, it was clear. But before, you know, becoming a prophet, he would use me to prophesy. And I was always concerned, you know, and was taught that when you speak, as a prophet or when you prophesy, it's not your words, it's God's words. And so I was affected by Jeremiah 
you know, in the book of Jeremiah, where God told him, you say what I tell you to say, when I tell you to say, don't add anything to it. Mm -hmm. Don't take anything away from it. Say it the way I give it to you, because if you don't say it, okay, then you can be confounded. And so that always gripped me, okay, that it was important for me not only to prophesy and to preach what God is saying, you know, but to be able to do the work that mm-hmm. he has called me to do. There's many works out there, sister, as you know, you know that, but w- I want to stay in the lane and the authority, the metron of authority that God has given me. All right. So it was always important for me, you know, to hear from God and get direction from him. I'm just that stupid. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I, you know, God is of course, omnipotent, omniscient, and there's so many different mm-hmm. ministries that you can do. I wanted to do the one that he had specifically assigned for me to do based on the authority and grace and that he had given me. And so when I began to read Joshua and study Joshua, I saw what Joshua did. He was focused on God's will and God's purpose and God's plan. Okay, when the two angels came to him and gave him the instructions on what to do, and how to do it at Jericho. Do you realize that there were about a million people that were walking around that wall and all of them were quiet? Okay, that was because the angel gave the leader, Joshua, the instructions. Joshua gave the instructions to his leaders and the leaders gave the instructions to the people. And when they followed God's instructions to the letter, to the T, there was complete and total victory. And so if God has called us to be victorious, it would seem to me, or we have the victory, the scripture says, it would seem to me that we should hear what he has to say. We should hear his plan and do it his way. And so we named our ministry Jericho Way, the Jericho Way. We have to do it the way that it was done at Jericho and other ways, Mm -hmm. because Jesus even said, this is what Jesus says, I say what I hear the father say. And I do what I see him do. Okay, so we're bringing it up to New Testament. That's our testimony to hear God, to see what he's doing, to say what he's saying, and to do what he's showing us to do. And that's where I believe the greatest power and greatest anointing, you know, is in doing his purpose and his plan. After all, isn't that what we were created for? To give him glory, to give him praise. And by all means, not to do it my way as Frank Sinatra, but his Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. And I know that is so important for many of us, for all of us, because sometimes we operate in the fret and the flesh, or sometimes we um, get impatient. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to, we want an answer now and we just go ahead of God. That's true. I learned to trust, not to trust my heart. I learned not to trust my heart, not to trust me. I learned not to trust my thoughts and not to trust my ways, okay? Mm -hmm. Because the scripture tells us that his ways and his thoughts are greater, far greater than ours. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being, you know, the stupid person that I am, the stupid, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 not super smart in the sense that I know all the answers to everything in life. And I know that I don't know that, but God has all the answers. And so I just yield, learn to yield me to him. Okay, and learned even as a young child that what people say and what people do, you can't always believe them. You know, you can't believe the scuttlebutt. And so I figured a lot of the stuff that was going on in my head was just scuttlebutt. (laughs) (laughs) When God spoke, 
and I sought him to hear his voice, to learn how to understand what his voice was, to separate his voice from mine and to trust that voice, not to trust mine because my voice, my thoughts got me into trouble a lot of times, girlfriend. You hear what I'm saying? But whenever I did it God way, if it got me in trouble, okay, it was, okay, God, this is you, you did this. So I don't have mm -hmm. any qualms about it. If I'm in trouble because of something I did that God told me to do, there's no guilt. There's no condemnation. You know, if you don't mm -hmm. like it, take it up with him because this is what he said and this is what he wants. And I, you know, had big brothers, or even a professional football player as a brother. And I wasn't, you know, all that brave, you know, maybe a little bit, but not that much. But when people, you know, growing up in the inner city, you know, there were bullies and people that would try to try you and stuff like that. But as long as I knew that my three big brothers were standing behind me, I could stand in front of any demon and any demon possessed mm. person with my hands on my hips. OK, shaking my finger in their face. OK, but I always look back to check to make sure those brothers. were there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So God is always there. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Jesus is our big brother. He's always there. And so my flesh is in my heart, you know, flesh is nothing. My heart, the scripture says, your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. So I learned not to trust my heart. And I started putting my trust in what he says in his word, you know, and, and, you know, walking my life out, you know, according to his plan. And it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to get upset and to get impatient, you know, but when, when those days came, you know, and when that time came, I'm not saying I never got impatient and I never got upset. But I would always, again, yield to him. What are you saying? And I would wait on him to give me a response. You know, what are you saying here, God? Okay, let me calm down, you know, and let me hear what you want to happen here. And so if he spoke to me, he spoke to me. But if he didn't, once I prayed and I walked it out, I was trusting that he was with me. Okay, because I prayed about it. And so I could trust what I was saying, what I was doing and where I was going. Not so much in trusting myself, but trusting that he was with me. His hand was with me. And so that's how that's how I learned it. I had great, a great pastor those first five years of salvation, a great teacher. He taught me a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm still I'm still um, on that foundation that he built in me of the word and prayer. Okay, I'm still that foundation is still there. Okay, from from. Oh, what, 45 years ago, that 45, 50 years ago, that foundation is still there, what I was taught in prayer. We're and, always and a student. Always, okay? So, <laughs> That's so true. But how Lord. do you know, how do you know the strategies are from God versus your own strategies? That's a very interesting question and a very good question. Uh, it's a great question to answer. When you read and study the scriptures, Okay, when you you have a scriptural foundation, you're you're in the word, you're studying it show, to show yourself approved. You are learning God's ways. You mm -hmm. are learning how He thinks and what He wants. Okay, and so what you do is, or what I what what I have done in studying the word, okay, is to trust what the word of God says and move according to that anointing that the word brings. Okay, so, so there are times when there's a duality. Is, a, is this me? Is this him? Or is this the devil? Okay, and you know what scripture the Lord taught me to use whenever that confusion came up? And this is what I would say. And the enemy would pop away and the plan of God would pop forward and I would know it. That Jesus said, my sheep 
know my voice and they won't follow another. Praise God. Mm, And so the power of that word would clear the way, just like Moses cleared, you know, the Red Sea, Mm. you know, whatever, you know, so much confusion. This word could be this. It could be that. No, it's not that. It's this. How do I know God? How do I know you? You know, how do I know what to do? How to do it? Well, you know, and then I remember, oh, yeah, Jesus said, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my sheep know my voice. You know, they're not going to follow another. So in the power of God, will like split it right open, bust it right open. And I would know and see the way. I mean, miraculously, that's how powerful the word of God is. But if you don't know that word, if you haven't studied that, that scripture, you're not going to know to do that, you know? So praise God. And would you say that? Yes, it is powerful. And would you say that about the timing too? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So you always want to wait on the timing of God. Uh, one of the things that I've been, uh, title that I've been given is a daughter of Issachar. And Issachar was the tribe, okay, that they knew they were prophets and they knew the signs and the times, okay? Mm-hmm. So you can supernaturally, by the gifts that God gives you to know timing, and you never want to step out. I mean, I've done some mm-hmm. things that were out of timing, and that's how I learned. You know, <laughs> <To wait>. exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Never you do know, it like, again. Exactly. But what it does is, when you do mess up like that, what it does is it teaches you to be careful, not so much to be afraid, but to measure mm-hmm. every situation. You know, is this God? Is it not God? God, is this your timing? Is it not your timing? And to pray before you do anything. Okay, God, you're leading me right now. Okay, if it's for me to say it, if it's for me to do it, give me an indication. You know, some people are always looking for, you know, for signs, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, oh, you know, make, you know, you know, do this for me. And if you do that, Father, you know, I know it's you, you know, no, you know, it wasn't any of that. It was like, <laughs> it was like you know, just a quiet knowing in my heart and in my mind okay and god he will speak to you their gifts you know he'll say yes or no and in the old testament there was the um the the epod that the priests wore it actually was the urim and the thummim and when they asked god questions certain uh, stones would light up whether it was yes or whether it was no I mean, it was supernatural. He did it. So I said, Lord, you gave that anointing back there in the Old Testament. Give me that anointing. Give me just a yes or no. Should I go or should I not? You know, and I would get that knowing and it didn't come instantly all the time, but I would wait for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Should I go now? Should I not go now? You know, should we go up? Isn't that what Joshua did? Should we go up? And if God told them not to go up, don't go up. Okay. Because if you if you disobey, if you asking God, He's telling you, don't do that. You know, you better not Not do do it. it. The consequences are, you know, just you know, like Achan who disobeyed Mm -hmm. one of the orders. The second, Mm -hmm. the second war they had at AI and Achan, you know, hid, stole some stuff. Well, we took some stuff he wasn't supposed to take and buried it. He lost his life his mm-hmm. family's life and all the animals too. God says, zap them all. And he did mm-hmm. because they disobeyed. So I've learned obedience, okay, as well to obey his voice. So it's exciting for me that I can talk about it now in the way that I can talk about it. But I'm going to tell you, learning obedience <laughs> is very learn important. Obedience by what? The things we suffer? <laughs> okay, sister. So. <laughs> we better about. learn from no, our, learn. From know, our hey, mistakes. Sister. Don't have yes. to tell me twice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. First time is enough. <laughs> enough, I know. 
Prophet Tina, I know you have a deliverance ministry, and I know mm-hmm. during this pandemic, there's been so many people sick with COVID. Have you ever had anybody call you or ask you, can you pray for me? And there was a testimony that they were healed. Yes. Well, there were two people that we specifically prayed for, leaders in the body of Christ that had serious, serious death. Uh, on them through COVID. And of course we didn't go over and there were other two because it was COVID uh, and we prayed for them and uh, other people were praying for them as well. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, you know, once they put you on the respirator, you know, that's all she wrote. You know that, right? That they're Mm -hmm. putting you on the respirator. Oh, that's that's right. They're expecting you to pass. Both of Mm -hmm. them were on the respirator and we prayed and God delivered them out of it. Okay. But our story is is even deeper than that because Jonathan and I had COVID. Okay. So we had to pray for ourselves, (laughs) you know? Yes. We both had it together in June of 2020. We got COVID. And God delivers, delivered us out of that demon. I'm going to tell you that COVID thing, man, that's more than one demon. That's a bunch of them. You hear what I'm saying? It's a, it's a yes. nasty, awful, awful thing. Awful, awful thing. But God delivers. Okay. God said, you know, I am the Lord that heals you. I heal you mm-hmm. of all your diseases. And I take sickness out of the midst of you. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So yes. Praise God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I am speaking with today's special guest, Prophet Tina from Jericho Way Ministries International in Mesa, Arizona. Prophet Tina is the author of two books, If You Fight, You Will Win, and The Rubicon. Prophet Tina and her husband, Jonathan, are directors of the School of Prophets for Love Fest with Dr. Miles right now. Prophet Tina is sharing how God is highlighting her deliverance ministry with her husband, Jonathan Clem, and also talking about her upcoming seminar with John Ramirez on August 29th at 3 p.m. at the Hilton Phoenix Airport Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. Prophet Tina, I read in your bio that God is highlighting your deliverance ministry. and exorcism, Mm -hmm. and that you are hosting monthly seminars and seeing the church set free. I have a question. And the first question that came to mind when I was reading about your ministry is, is exorcism the same as casting out demons? Yeah, it, it really is. But it's just a different that, word. Different word. I, okay. I, and I'll tell you just a bit. I just want to correct something. Absolutely. I, uh, we, my husband and I were former directors of the School of Prophets for Dr. Miles. He's, he's no longer in town anymore, but we did direct his School okay. of Prophets. And we do teach the School of Prophets at another church in, in town right now. So that's Kingdom of God. Uh, apostolic and prophetic ministries so we do teach there in the school of prophets praise god praise Mm -hmm. god right so um the difference between exorcism and um casting out devils all right and so for one thing exorcist an exorcist is mentioned once in the scriptures and it has to do with the sons of skiva who saw jesus doing it and decided they wanted to do it too okay and uh, they couldn't do it because they did it in the name of Jesus. But the demon said, I, you know, I know who Paul is. I mean, I know who Peter is. I know who Jesus is. But who are you? You know, and they kind of the, the demons and the man, you know, ripped the clothes off all of these brothers <laughs> and threw them out into uh, the city, out into the street without any clothes on. You know, so so but they were called exorcists mm-hmm. and an exorcist, mm-hmm. uh, according to the dictionary de- definition, 
is one who with words, you know, binds, okay, binds with words or binds uh, mm -hmm. with an oath, by an oath, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the scripture tells us whatsoever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Mm -hmm. So exorcists bind the demon, demons and cast them out, all right? We hear and we, we see that, that Jesus one of his first recorded miracles was in the, the synagogue or in the temple where he was just hanging out, teaching, doing what he was doing. And a demon started manifesting, manifesting in one of the men there. Okay, well, if you were in the temple or in the synagogue, it was a place that was for people who were worshipers. And most of these worshipers had money to give to the temple. So they had the best seats and that, that kind of thing. So he wasn't just a little, a little run-of-the-mill regular you know, believer, he, in God, he was someone of stature, you know, and he started manifesting demonically. And Jesus told the, the demon to come out, he cast him out, come out of him. Mm -hmm. All right. And so he used words, okay. All right, to bind up this devil and to cast the devil out of the man, the man began to contort and all kinds of things happened and the demon came out. And that's when they began to recognize Jesus as what kind of person is this? Oh, my God, who is he that has the authority to cast devils out? And that's what the scripture mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. So casting them out and exercising them out in today's world is the same thing. It may not be the same type of ministry, okay, because you have Catholics that call, you know, the priests that call themselves mm -hmm. exorcists, and they have a whole ritual, they have a whole ceremony, but still they're casting the devil out, okay, okay. and there are many ways to do it. We're working with um, different uh, exorcists and deliverance ministers, and each one has his style of exorcism, but all of them work to cast the devil out, you know, so, uh, so we have mm -hmm. inner healing, and we have the Bob Larson way. We studied with Bob Larson, took his courses and everything. Uh, and uh, he has his special brand of deliverance. And I would say he's kind of like the great granddaddy of deliverance, you know, uh, casting out devils in, in our season, in our time. And if you're going to learn anything about it, you can learn a whole lot from him where people were scoffing at it, saying Christians can't have demons. And, you know, this is a joke and everything. People were getting set free. And people mm -hmm. find him where he is because they know they have a need to be free. So exorcism in today's world and casting out devils are the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay. okay. But we do it in the name of Jesus. Okay. Amen. Praise God. Either Praise way, God. in the name of Jesus. Amen. That is so true. That, those are the words that we, that's the, you know, those are the words that we speak. We bind in the name of Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Amen. I know you and your husband in your website, it says that you are able to go to churches and, and strengthen them and equip believers if they, if they call on you guys or invite you guys. Yes. Have you ever had, um, or how do you resolve or um, handle people's reluctancy when you talk about casting demons? At churches we just pray for them because for me from day one i've seen demons cast out of people in the church that i was in i've seen it mm -hmm. you know i know that it was real it wasn't something that was popular back then it's not that popular now but it's becoming more and more popular mm -hmm. and so there's always going to be naysayers okay mm -hmm. there's always going to be people who have unbelief mm -hmm. okay and we know that unbelief is sin that's what the scripture says Mm -hmm. So the forgotten ministry of Jesus Christ, okay, is deliverance and casting out devils. Mm -hmm. And 
whenever we encounter someone who's in unbelief, okay, about it, we just, we, you know, it, well, we just quote the scriptures and let them know that it is scripturally based because Jesus did it. And Jesus mm -hmm. told us to imitate him. Mm -hmm. You know, we are to have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And not only that, obeying the command that he gave us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. He said to heal the sick. He said to cast mm -hmm. devils out. He said mm -hmm. to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And so that portion of it, we're healing the sick. Praise God. We pray for the sick all the time and people are getting healed. You know, we do that. Even myself, praying for myself and my family, we all get healed from, from uh, you know, the word uh, of God uh, that he heals all of our diseases as we pray in Jesus name. So we want to use the deliverance anointing to deliver people. So if you don't believe it, you know, then I let people know, then you, you if you don't believe it, you know, that's fine. But if people are getting set free, the scripture mm -hmm. says when the demons are being cast out of people, you know that the kingdom of God is come, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, and some people want to receive that. They want to scoff at it. They want to not believe it. They want to not accept it, but it's clear in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, when you see those devils cast out, when you see this kind of ministry, that mm -hmm. means the kingdom of God is come. Mm -hmm. And so isn't that what Jesus brought to us? He ushered in the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. praise God, in abundance of joy, in abundance of life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and he uh, wishes above all things that we not perish, but that we would be in good health, even as our soul women, he desires that we be in good health, okay, and that we prosper, even as our soul prospers, that is the good news, that is the word of God, and so how can we prosper if we got demonic forces, you know, mm -hmm. um, that are coming at us every day, and, and, and the other thing that I tell them, and, you know, it's a little controversial, but, you know, I let them know that Jesus died on the cross and God, you know, brought salvation to us. We know that. And his resurrection, the power of the resurrection, that's what we want in our lives. But why do we need the power of the resurrection? You know why? Because even though Jesus died on the cross, okay, and even though he was raised again for our salvation, the propitiation of our sin, do you realize that Satan's reign has not ended yet? Mm. It's not time mm. for his reign to end. So who do, does he love to pounce upon? Mm -hmm. Okay, those that are pouncing upon his territory, you mm -hmm. know, so he loves to come after Christians. Okay, and a lot of Christians in denial, that's the best tool, deception that the enemy has, that Christians are in denial that he could be affecting them in any way. We know God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. We know that he is sovereign, but there are times and a lot of times in the lives of Christians that you have to exer exercise, not exercise, not as like an exorcist, but to exercise, you know, that fact that God is sovereign and you have to let mm -hmm. the demons know that you can't have this territory because they're here. They were mm -hmm. thrown into the earth, you know, they're here and they're mm -hmm. affecting us. And that's why mm -hmm. all the letters that were written by Paul, he wrote them to believers mm -hmm. and they had sin. They, they needed to be delivered. The devils need to be mm -hmm. cast out. You know what I'm saying? And it's there right there in the scriptures. And so a lot of Christians are very heady. You know, they're very heady and very prideful. Well, I don't have that. You know, this is America. Mm -hmm. You go to any other third world country, you go anywhere else in the world, they know about this stuff. You know, they don't deny that, mm -hmm. you know, this oppression of the enemy is real because they see it and they know it and they see it every day. Well, the Lord has allowed me to see it every day as well. Mm -hmm. So he has to open your eyes to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't bemoan them, their unbelief, you know, it's like, that's where you are. 
if you're going to see it, God is going to have to open your eyes to see it because I can't do that. The Holy Spirit must come and show you where this need is, you know, and we can pray, pray for them for their spiritual them. eyes to be open, so to be open. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now you mentioned <laughs> that this is a forgotten ministry. Yes. Why, mm-hmm. why is this called a forgotten ministry? Because it is <laughs> forgotten. Uh, Jesus. In, in Was the, it always forgotten? Day. No, because in the early church before they, and this is not necessarily in the scriptures, but as you read the history of the church and you read other writers, Josephus and other people who were writing about Christianity, you know, at that time, one of the things that was written is that before people got baptized in the early, it wasn't even called church then, the early believers, they had to go through deliverance before they could get baptized. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so it, so it, 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 at what time period did it, was it forgotten? Church, yeah. No, was it forgotten? Like where well, did it take a turn? It take a turn, I think in the 16th century. Okay. The 1600s mm-hmm. when the Catholics, you know, started doing exorcism and, and created a rite of exorcism, knowing that people were troubled by demons. So that was the 1600s when that, that came about. We're not saying that God didn't do any exorcisms in between, you know, the early church mm. and the 1600s, but it became notable when the Catholics took it under their wing, you know, as a, as a, as a sacrament of the church, as a mm-hmm. ministry of the Catholic church. Yes. Mm-hmm. And remember now, um, the Catholics, the, the church was only Catholic for 1500 years. If you're going to study church history and know about what was going on in the church, you're going to have to study Catholic history because that was the church, the history of the church up until 1500 in Martin Luther and, uh, you know, um, um, posting his 95 treatises or 93 treatises on the Catholic church that the just shall live by faith. And that's when Protestantism started and, you know, it began there. Do you think it's turning now again? For the good, you think way. it's it? Do you think that it's coming back again, where it's not becoming forgotten, oh, that it's God. now surfacing yeah. back up again? Yes, God is putting He's put His hand on it. You know, God is in it, and you see young deliverance ministers like uh, Isaiah Saldivar, and mm-hmm. you see Alex uh, Pagani. These he's in New York. Ed Citronelli. There's a guy that's doing deliverances in Macedonia, okay, that mm-hmm. this man is off the hook with his deliverances. And the people, the church is packed out and everybody is coming to get deliverance because they know they got demons, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's all over. Look at Martin Lawson right here in Phoenix, Arizona. How many, what? He's, he claims over 40,000 deliverances, you know, 40,000 exorcisms, you know? And I, you know, the guys that I, I'm hanging out with, you know, the Arizona exorcist, Dr. Uh, Reverend uh, Don Jeffrey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, he, and, um, and Scott Bitcon, Dr. Dr. Scott Bitcon and Bob Larson, 90% of their deliverances are on Christians. 90% of their exorcisms wow. are on Christians. And hear this, each of them have done at least a thousand exorcisms on ministers and leaders in the church. Tell me, (laughs) you can't tell me, you know, you can't tell me that Christians don't have demons. I know that they do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in deliverance, you know, ministry. uh, I've had demons. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that all All of of us, us. all of us, every single last one of us, demons are not a respecter person. You understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Neither is God. But you know, you have traumas in your life, different things mm-hmm. that happen to your life. Exactly. Up on you, you know? Yes. So yeah. 
the whole yes. church needs to be delivered. And I believe that because we've been praying so hard for revival, some of the things that have transpired over the last few years have shown us the heart where our hearts really are, how they are just, just, ooh, wow, just wicked. And um, wicked in the sense that there, we think that we're reflecting God and his love, but we're not, okay? It's another spirit that has been driving the church. And so God has allowed all of that to happen to, uh, for us to see you know, certain things happening that are pitting us against each other, especially in the political area. You know, God is saying, look, you know, this is who you really are. You think you're imitating Jesus, you know, with this kind of attitude. So now that he's lifted up our need, okay, to be delivered mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> in this season, okay, he's bringing, he's highlighting the deliverance ministry like never before, just even the ministry of John Ramirez, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, wow, God, okay. And so. Yes, please talk about it, because I know you're hosting John Ramirez, who is an evangelist, and he was an, a former priest in the witchcraft. What was it? Oh, Santeria wow. and a spiritualist? Santeria, all of that stuff. He did all. He said every single ceremony that I could do in witchcraft, I did it. He started when he was eight years old, witchcraft and Satanism. He was a son of Satan. Okay. He called Satan his dad. Okay. And it, it, it was crazy, the stuff that he did. He even, now see why he's so good at deliverance and God is using him. You know, a lot of people have the testimony that he has that, that came out of Satanism, but God is using him in a very specific and anointed and graced way. He was the one that would be used to astral project to put curses on churches and Christians, okay? Yeah, to send the demons to the Christians. You hear what I'm saying? So who better? To, to, to read Satan's playbook mm-hmm. to us than him and to give us the playbook and show us the strategies and how to get out of what Satan mm-hmm. has put on us. Right. And okay. just like we just like God gives us strategies, the enemy mm-hmm. does the same thing to his followers. Yes, he does. That's what John will, John mm-hmm. will tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. The strategies they had, he said, well, while we were, you know, uh, Christmas shopping and uh, asking people what size they were for the Christmas gift, they were fasting and praying for the coming year, okay, to do their evil. To mm-hmm. assign principalities and certain demons, demons of suicide, demons of breaking up marriages, demons of abortion, you know, demons of murder. This is stuff he did. He sent these demons into wow. the world, especially to Christians, okay, to, to control people. This is what they did, okay? And October and December are the highest months of activity, you know, for that culture, you know, that October world. and December. Yes. October or is it October December. through December? No, October and December. October is the Halloween month. Right, that I know, but I thought... I'm just repeating what John said. It's October and December. He uses those two months separately. Yeah. And so what can we expect when he comes here? I know the title of the seminar is Getting Rid of Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. That's one of the assignments that God has given us. And that's what my book about. Mm -hmm. It's about the Rubicon. It really is written to witches and to people in Satanism, uh, warlocks, Satanists, necromancers, astrologists, and psychics. And it's a word of salvation for them. But it's also letting you know some of the things that I have been through as far as witches are concerned, things that I've seen. And um, so God has used me in this area almost my entire Christian life. I've been, I've seen witches. God has identified that's a witch. You know, this thing has come against you. You know, uh, identified witches who have hurt other people 
Mm-hmm. Um, going to churches and ministering as an evangelist and God identifying the witches in the house. Okay. But early mm-hmm. on, nobody wow. believed a lot of the ministers, mm-hmm. the pastors would not believe what God was revealing to me. Mm-hmm. And as a result, one of them died because, you know, God gave me the whole strategy of how to get the witchcraft out of the church, told her exactly what to do. Remember, follow the, what God says exactly mm-hmm. the way Joshua did. Mm-hmm. He refused to accept it. And I told her when I went to the church, the Lord identified a witch. And I said, no. And then I prayed and God gave me everything that the witch had done, showed me how to get rid of the curse that was on the church, gave, and I brought it to the pastor, you know, preached on that Sunday and then gave everything, the strategy that the Lord had given me to her. And she refused to accept it. She was dead and, uh, four weeks. And in the fifth week, I was preaching her eulogy or preaching her funeral, her going home. And the witches had put a death curse on her. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. And so that's serious. And there are many other experiences that I've had, but ever, you know, being on my job in a town that I didn't want to go to, because a bunch of witches were there. And God led me back to that town, my home, the state of Connecticut, where I'm from. And when I moved back from Florida, he sent me, Lord, please, I want to go west. I don't want to go east, but he sent me east right in the town where the head warlocks met at a local business in that town. And he had hired all witches. He was one of our customers at the bank where I worked. And he hired all witches and warlocks in his store. Okay. And if I'm, I've told you his name, you, you may have bought some of his goods at some point because he's all throughout the country now. But the Lord said he's a major warlock. When I came to town, he says, don't. When I saw his commercials on TV, Holy Spirit said, don't buy any of his stuff. Okay. Don't buy it. Okay. But anyway, um, and so they would come in, they would put curses on me. They would just send stuff to me, send demons to me, you know, and I had to reverse the curse and God had to give me a warfare. And that's what's in this book, the Rubicon, the warfare that God gave me to send back to them what they sent to me. All right. Praise God. And yeah, but also to, to pray for their salvation but also yes. to protect myself first. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was yeah. going to ask you when you wrote that book, you probably experienced so much spiritual warfare. Right. Yeah. Oh girl, God had oh. to give it to me. He had to. It was even the cancer that I had that I God healed me from when I was down in South Florida. He said it came through witches. And wow. I, had cancer. I read that. And you even mm-hmm. went through chemotherapy. No, and you were, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No oh, okay. Chemo. Oh, you no had no chemo. chemo. Okay. No chemo. Then I missed it. 93, 94, 95, but no chemo. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And God, God healed me through prayer, fasting, and I mean, warfare 24-7 for two and a half years. And it got to be so strenuous, not that I had lack of faith in God. He asked me, right. you know, in the beginning, do you want to live or do you want to die? What do you want to do? That's what God said. I said, well, I had to think about it. I guess I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew with the weight of what he was asking me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so what it, helped you, though, right. when you were writing that book? What helped mm-hmm. you finish it? Because you went through so much. The Holy Spirit, and it was really directed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave me the words to, to write in it. And I put a lot of scriptures in it, but really it's not my book. It was written by the Holy Spirit. And people, my husband would say, even John told me, you need to blow that out some more. You know, and my husband said, you need to blow that out some more. My other pastor said, you need to blow it out some more and give some explanations because people are left, you know, without, you know, with the, with the warfare and stuff. But really, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I'll write another book, but I'm not going to change a word of that one because God <laughs> directed it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can write something else adjacent to it, but I wouldn't change the words in that one because mm-hmm. they're the words of God, you know. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now your other book, If You Fight, if you, fight you Will Win. win. And I had just started this, this testimony with you. It's when I had cancer, right? And when I had the cancer, 
I was really alone. I was fighting Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python down in South Florida, all my job, in my home, okay, um, and just everywhere. There were four areas where they were attacking me, all right, and then in my body, okay, with the cancer. And so it was a, it was a battle. And I mean, it was a strenuous battle. I had to fight. Uh, I had to fight for my life and I couldn't do chemotherapy. I prayed everybody I knew, even Benny Hinn. Um, I had them lay hands on me for healing for over two, about over two years, a little under two and a half years. And it was constant. It was consistent. I had a pastor at the time that wouldn't even pray for me. Okay. And so it's okay because God taught me how to fend for myself. You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute. You know, I want to live. And if you're not going to pray for me, you know, okay, I'll, I'll just do what I've got to do. So um, in my home, on my job, everywhere, it was just the enemy just closed in on me. But I fought and fought with scriptures, fought with and, and remembered getting the directions from God, getting the strategy from God on what to do, what to eat you know, what to put in my body, but not the chemicals, you know, not the chemo. So anyway, um, in the first year, it, the battle was so strenuous. Remember, this is not, we're not talking about losing faith. We're talking about losing strength because it was very little sleep, fighting 24 seven, everything, everywhere. I had to put scriptures up on my wall, my refrigerator, my mirror to remind myself, you know, that God is my healer. But in this fight, okay, I got weary. Okay. And my body got tired. And um, twice, in those two years, the Lord sent an angel to me and the angel, and it was about a year apart in the first year in, and then the second year, the angel came and tapped me on my shoulder three times. Okay. And he whispered to me, wow. if you fight, you'll win. Wow. Okay. And when the angel touched me and gave me those words, it strengthened me. Okay. It, it, it rejuvenated me. It put strength. It was like um, being plugged into, a, you know, putting your finger into an electrical socket, you know, mm -hmm. it just went from the top of my head mm -hmm. all through my body. And I was refurbished and re-strengthened again. I could go on for the fight. And then it happened again about another year later, Angel came back again. It's whispered, mm -hmm. if you fight, you'll win. Mm -hmm. And so what this book is, if you fight, you win, is the angel's words to me and the words that saved my life and gave me the courage to continue to fight for my life. I had a, a, a one-year-old kid, my son was born and he was 13 months when I contacted the the cancer. And I said, no, God, I know that you didn't, you prophesied him here and you gave him to me. And there's no way that I'm going to book out of here without raising him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, these are the strategies, spiritual strategies that he gave me in the fight. Okay. And it's very interesting uh, taking communion every day, three times a day, you know, all the scriptures are in there. And um, some of the chapters are there. Let me just read. Um, we can't be champions unless we fight keep strong for the battle. What giants can I eat today? Remember in Joshua when he said, oh, they're like grasshoppers too. We're like grasshoppers to them, one of the reports of the bad reports. He says, no, there are giants over there. And he said, no, we eat giants for lunch. Okay. So what giants can I eat today? <laughs> Fight to kill, speaking the promises of God, judge yourself. Very important for you to judge yourself before God has to do. Communing with Jesus, taking communion and calling forth after all of that, the gifts of God supernatural gifts of God of healing and deliverance the working of miracles. Okay. And the gift of prophecy, word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And then the testimony of Jesus Christ, after all is said and done, testify to what God has done for you. There's power in the testimony because of testimony of Jesus Christ, you're prophesying. Okay. So praise God. Not only can God do it for me, but he can do it for you as well. So those Amen. are the chapters in the book. And it's about my fight, you know, my fight against cancer and how God caused me to win. It wasn't even me. I just went along for the ride, okay?
Mm, beautiful <laughs> topics and what a beautiful experience <laughs> beautiful God. healing healing yeah. uh, testimony absolutely Prefetina, what has god been revealing to you lately during um, your bible study time and prayer oh, with him i am so excited Marita, because <laughs> let me tell you this this is one of the greatest times you know that that has been in my life Please share. I'm going to tell you an experience (laughs) that I had now about 10 years into salvation. You know, I'm always an intercessor, always praying, always looking for God, never had a depressed day in my life. Okay. And remember the time when, when God delivered me and I was all depressed and down when I got saved because of my husband's antics, you know, from that point on, when I received salvation, depression never came back to me. I didn't allow it to come back to me. Okay. And so 10 years into my salvation, I'm in my bedroom. Kids are in the living room watching TV, having fun and pray, you know, playing and stuff. And I'm in my bedroom in my intercession, in my prayer time, in my me time with the Lord, right? Praying in tongues, so just mm-hmm. praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden, this entity shows up in my room. Okay. And and I was arrested. My body, I couldn't move. I couldn't move my tongue. Okay. Of my own brain. He disconnected my brain signals to the rest of my body. Okay. My brain was saying move, but it wasn't going anywhere. He had totally and completely arrested me. Okay. And so, and, and spoke this, throw yourself out of the window, go to the window and throw yourself out of the window. That's what it Mm -hmm. said to me. Okay. Spirit. I didn't, couldn't see it. The room was dark, but that's what it said to me. And this presence, this awful, ominous Mm -hmm. presence filled my whole bedroom. And all I could do was obey. My flesh didn't have any authority over what this entity was telling me to do. I would have had to have done it, okay? So while I'm trying to struggle to get the words out, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) This scripture that I'm gonna share with you bubbled up in my spirit, but I couldn't say it because he had blocked my tongue. Remember the Mm -hmm. power of the tongue, the power of your words, speaking the words, okay? So he blocked me and I, well, he, I couldn't speak. And so all of a sudden down, way down in my belly, I felt this rumbling in my belly and it started coming up from my belly all the way up my chest, you know, all the way up. And then it, it, it shot out my mouth and my tongue was loose. And the Lord gave me this scripture. Okay. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And when that burst out of my mouth, I yelled it out, whatever that was that was in my room, as quickly as it came in, it left instantly. Okay. Next day was Sunday, went to my pastor, told there was a, it was, it, the experience was just harrowing. It was like, what on earth? Told this, told it to my pastor. And you know what he said? He's told me what it was. He said, that was the devil himself that showed up in your room. He said, that was, that wasn't no imp. That wasn't no principality. That wasn't no demon. That was the devil himself. Okay. God saved my life. And remember now, for a person that's depressed, you can tell them to throw themselves out of the window. They might do it, but mm-hmm. I'm not a dep- I was never, it was crazy for mm-hmm. him to come to me with that kind of direction because mm-hmm. that wasn't, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't mm-hmm. me at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, if that word had not bubbled up in me, if the Holy Spirit hadn't caused that word to bubble up in me, I would have been dead. You hear what I'm saying? But it was the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, that saved me. So 
And, and sharing that scripture with you, that's Romans 8. What we've been doing in Bible study now is God has given me a revelation on his love that's in Romans mm. 8, that this is the true love of God, okay? Not that, that sappy, um, um, sloppy grace love, you know, but the real love of God that says that absolutely nothing can separate you from my love. Not mm. principalities, not powers, not things mm. in the present or the future. Nothing has the power to separate you from my love. Mm. And so I'm teaching in our Bible study, you know, anchor yourself in that. You know, you got to be anchored. You got to have a foundation. And your foundation is the love of God. And not that that sappy love. Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. loves Of course he does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jesus loves you, brother. Well, yeah, I know he loves you. You know, but how is that love manifested? How does it take place in my life? Right. I need some love right now. You hear what right. I'm saying? This is the love. <laughs> and it says it in Romans 8, how he gave his life for us. God so loved the world that he gave his son, you know, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish. There's that word, would not perish. Mm-hmm. These demons are causing us to perish, girl. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're getting in our lives. We're not realizing who we are in God. They got vultures standing. Every time God opens the door for us, Jesus opens the door for us to walk through. The vultures are at the door, eating the Mm -hmm. word, trying to stop you from going through the door. You know, and that's perishing. You know, perishing means that you have not fulfilled your call, your anointing, your grace, okay, that God has given you in in this life, okay? And so Jesus, the love of God, says, I'm not going to perish. The love of God says there's no condemnation. These demons mm-hmm. are condemning you, mm-hmm. saying they got a right. You don't have no right to you because Jesus exactly. broke you. Right. You hear what I'm saying? But I hear you. Feel guilty, <laughs> making you feel ashamed, yes. hanging on to you. Mm-hmm. And that, it's not even God. It's not even mm-hmm. God when we feel condemned and guilty. It's right. not him. It's and not. we take it on. We take on all this heaviness. We take on the guilt and the fear. But Jesus said, if I, if the scripture says here, Paul said, okay, what then shall we say to these things? If he's predestinated us to conform to the image of his son, he's pre, he, whom he did foreknow, he predestinated, okay, he justified and he glorified. So what are we going to say to that? If God be for us, who can, who can be against us? Who can us? be against us? No demon in hell you if, know, or wherever they are, the second heaven, they can't be. So we got to understand the sovereignty of his mm-hmm. love. That love is a gift. It is a power. It is a grace. And when we cast devils out of people, we use the love of God and the sovereignty mm-hmm. of God. We use that scripture because if that scripture caused the devil to run out mm-hmm. of my room, you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All his minions and principalities and powers, they all got to scatter too. Because the love <laughs> exactly. of God says, the love of God says, nothing exactly (laughs) nothing can separate you from me and my love says that you are healed delivered you're full of joy okay you got peace okay prosperity you got all that's my love that's what i brought that's what jesus died on the cross for and he was raised up resurrection power you have nothing can break that but we allow the devil okay Mm -hmm. and uh to to uh to trick us because he is a trickster and we can be tricked okay uh, he'll bring false truths. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've been teaching against false truths. So what Remember? has been the reaction so far that you've been teaching People about the love of God? Astounded. They haven't heard love this way before where the love can cause demons to scatter. <laughs> it's always huggy, kissy, pooey, mm-hmm. you know, 
kissy, kissy, kissy love. Right. No, no, no. Well, this is not tiddly. This is not <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is not the game of life. This is real life. You hear what right. I'm saying? And real love. We want to get in and God is bringing his real love. He's showing what his real love is because the kingdom of God has manifested to us in the deliverance anointing. He loves us enough so that we don't won't continue to be perishing by the works of the enemy. Okay. Praise God. So. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Prophet Tina, thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach mm-hmm. to share about what God's doing in your life Praise and God. with your husband too, mm-hmm. you know, having this deliverance ministry, mm-hmm. Jericho Way Ministries International. Um, I just want you to close with sharing a word of encouragement for those mm-hmm. who, just like you, when you were uh, weary Mm-hmm. And you were in cancer. There's mm-hmm. so many people out there that need a word of encouragement. And you are teaching about the love of God. Can you just yeah. encourage mm-hmm. them right now? Okay. I, I really want to encourage you that uh, the love of God may be a kiss and a hug for me. That That's part of it. But it's way more than that. And I want to encourage you that the love of God says that he is always with you, strengthening you, always with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You can leave him by turning away from him and not receiving the love that he sent, not receiving the strengthening that he sent and not believing it, not accepting it and not remembering it. But but I want to encourage you to let you know that in my whole life, I've always turned to him and I want to encourage you to do that. And, and, and in turning to him, he may not fix it today. He may not fix it tomorrow, but the word of God is sure. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And he said, if you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, the door shall be opened unto you, okay? And so he says, when you ask me for something, doesn't your heaven, your earthly father know? When you ask for bread, he doesn't give you a stone, does he? Well, I'm not gonna do that either. What you ask for, you will get. But there's a timing for everything, okay? And Ecclesiastes says there's a season and a time for everything in uh, in the earth, and even Job said when he needed deliverance, you know what he said? I'm just gonna have to wait for my my change. Wait for God to make the change for you, and wait patiently on Him. Okay, and from my life to your life, from the anointing that God has given me and the grace that He's given me to your life, I'm telling you something that I know about because my life has been like a roller coaster. I'm telling you, even after I got saved, when I got saved, my husband was earning a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, I was in my 20s back in the 70s and we were living that way. As soon as I got saved, the roof fell in. I mean, we lost everything, you know, for years, but I never lost my focus in God and the things that he said. If God be God, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Trust him and stop trusting your stinking thinking. Stop trusting what other people are saying and trust God. Seek him. And stop looking to the left, stop looking to the right, but be vertical and look up to him and trust him. Praise God. So be blessed. And I speak peace to you in Jesus' name. And I release that peace and that satisfaction that you can have in Jesus Christ if you allow him to cover you in his blood and cover you in his grace and use him for the purpose that he was sent to the earth for, to destroy the works of the evil one. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You've been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Join us next time as Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. 
All music is courtesy of Zapsplat.com, and our thanks goes out to Four Winds Ministries in Arizona for partnering with Faith City Outreach. If you'd like to support this ministry, just go to fcoprogram.com and click the donate button. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.